Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hour number two, let's tower on the horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way on his way back from California. Strix text line is up at 337-3776. Cam, can I make one NBA Finals point? Please. Move on from Please. Um, I, un- I gravely underestimated Nikola Jokic just from the standpoint that when I first saw him start to assert himself, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this guy is like a, it's like a better version of Vladi Divac. <laughs> and then looking at his numbers and what he's done since then, I'm like, this guy's like a, if he's Vlade Divac, he's like a Fortune 500 Vlade Divac. Because Vlade was a really good passer. Um, Vlade could stretch space and stretch out and stretch the floor and shoot a little bit. He's seven foot big, so he's obviously good with his back to the basket, facing up. Uh, and he played on those Rick Adelman Kings teams. Gosh, those Kings teams were so good in the early 2000s, playing with Chris Weber. Um, Chris Weber, Mike Bibby, Bobby Jackson. The whole deal. Uh, but, when, man, when I walked, watched Jokic, like I, I just looked at some stuff this morning, kind of comparing the two. Vladi was listed at 7'1", 260. Jokic is 7'2", 284, mm-hmm. and has insane handles. He's a, he's a much better player than Vlade ever was. So, like I said, the best comparison I can make is I remember when Dirk Nowitzki was drafted. By the way, do you remember the team that actually drafted Dirk? It's not the Mavericks. Oh, I wish you know this one. That would be the Milwaukee Bucks, yes. sir. Yes. yes. And I remember a draft night. I was so upset that the Mavericks traded because I loved me some Michigan basketball growing up. I was so upset. Granted, I was in, what, the eighth grade at the time? That that uh, the Mavericks had drafted Robert Tractor Trailer from Michigan and traded him for some 19-year-old German kid I'd never heard of. I was like, this is why the Mavericks will always suck. It'll always yeah, be who? terrible. But I remember when Dirt got drafted and they were showing, you know, the gray, the old grainy like video that used to come in from the European prospects. And I remember Rick Majerus said he had Rick Majerus was on draft coverage for some reason. I don't know why Rick Majerus was on draft coverage. But Rick Majerus said he had talked to a scout. Oh boy. And said he's like, This is what I was told about this kid. Because Dirk Dirk was recruited for a little bit before it became clear that no, he's going into the draft. And yeah. It's gonna be a lottery yeah. pick. And Rick Majerus said if he was talking to scouts and watched Dirk a little bit, he said, look, a lot of people try to compare this kid to Detlef Schrempf because they were both from Germany, lazy comp, kind of like my Vlade Jokic comparison. He said, if Schrempf is a Volkswagen, this kid's a Mercedes. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's pretty high praise. And it turns out that was underselling how good Dirk yeah. was. 
like I said, if you want to make that same parallel between Vlade and Jokic, feel free, but it's not even close. Like, Jokic is so much better. He's so good. He's so unique. Uh, and maybe, even maybe more so than the, the some of those Spurs teams that got accused of being boring. See, Spurs fans, I'm going to say something good about your franchise. Those Spurs fans that won, those Spurs teams that won championships that got accused of being boring. Like, the Nuggets are maybe the most whelming NBA champion in my lifetime. Like, other than Jokic's ability, there's nothing that just stands out. Like, you know, Spurs teams had some character about them, right? Like, they, they had been through some real battles in the Western Conference, whether it was Phoenix or the Lakers or whoever. And even, like, the Pistons team, like, that wasn't beautiful basketball to watch, but they had an identity, right? Those going-to-work Pistons, Ben Wallace and... Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince. They at least had an identity. But there's – am I wrong, Cam? Like, there's nothing about the Nuggets that screws. Like, oh, man, I got to watch the Nuggets. They're just – I wouldn't say they're overwhelming or underwhelming. They're just – they're a very whelming champion. So you don't think that it's they're, they play beautiful basketball, the Nuggets? You um, watch them? I don't know. There's just – maybe it's just Jokic's personality. Like, there's just no – there's nothing that I identify as unique other than Jokic's skill set. There's nothing that I identify as be. And granted, you watch a lot more NBA than I do, but just as a casual observer now, there's nothing that I uniquely identify as saying, "Oh, that's that's the way the Denver Nuggets play basketball." Yeah. Well, I think they're they move the ball very well. It's all because of Jokic. But the point you bring up, he's not flashy. So he, I don't know if he. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's considered a superstar because he is a two-time MVP now, a Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of in that area where he reminds me a lot of like Otani, Shohei Otani, right? Where it's like you know he's the best player probably in yeah. the league, but also how many people outside of like sports fans know who he is? Like yeah. I, my mom, she you know she follows enough sports, you know. I mean, but if I asked her, hey, what do you think of Nikola Jokic? Who? Yeah, my brother who my my brother Joe who I don't I don't remember how he got on this, but he is a legitimate hardcore Denver Nuggets fan. So yeah. he's very happy this morning as he's going around working, doing the doing his, his nine to five. Uh he just texted me and said, You need to watch more Nuggets games. Yeah, that's the thing is like Jokic has been the best player in the league, in my opinion, for this entire season, but I don't know if it's because he's international. Or it's just because he's not a flashy type of player like John ja Morant. I think it's because there's no yeah. I maybe it's just my short attention span. But like when I think of when I think of big men, they all had the, the big men I grew up with all had some kind of personality, even if they were quiet. Like uh, you know, like Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem was quiet. Yeah. Later, championship Hakeem was quiet. There was Hakeem that had kind of the the uh, an edge to him early on, but Hakeem had like it was just it was beautiful to watch Hakeem Olajuwon play basketball. Uh, you know, David Robinson had a had a certain personality about him. So did Patrick Ewing. Obviously, Shaq was out there and colorful. But there's just nothing, other than the basketball skill, there's nothing that just uniquely just makes me want to gravitate to Jokic. I don't know. Maybe it's because we don't hear him talk. He doesn't have any great sound bites. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just kind of where I am on the Nuggets. I'm just I'm whelmed by the Denver Nuggets. I think he's, in my opinion, the most fun player to watch in the league. Because of, I, I'm I'm not like anti this era in basketball where it's like just shoot threes, but it's it's not it's kind of boring, right? When you put on an NBA game in the regular season and you see teams take fifty threes a game, right? Is that great basketball? I, I mean, analytically, the answer is probably yes. But as far, from a, a viewing spectator point, 
Like, it, it's boring. I don't want to see a bunch of teams jack up threes, and it's like, okay, yeah. well, this team made 22 threes, so they're going to win. Another team made nine threes, so they're going to lose. With the Nuggets, everything revolves around ball movement in Jokic and how he's such a, a selfless player, and I think that's enjoyable to watch because— Maybe I do need to watch more Nuggets games then. Because I brought it up when we opened the show— is, you know, they, they interviewed or the game ends. The game ends, right, and you win a championship, how do you celebrate? You're probably running all over the floor, Kobe Bryant going to the corner, you know, throwing the ball up in the air. Jokic looking, is, looking for an adult beverage. Jokic is handshaking the Miami Heat bench guys and just saying, hey, great great game. Who does that? And Leeds Seltzer's like, hey, what does this mean to you? Uh, it's good, you know, job's done, now we can go home. Like, and that's his personality, and, and maybe that's what people will gravitate to. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that it's weird because I think he's the best player in the league, but he doesn't have the superstar that goes with it. And I and I wonder for those, you know, maybe if on the Specs text line, if you're listening and you maybe you kind of follow basketball, like what is it about Jokic that doesn't make you think he doesn't? Because I think people draw are drawn to Giannis a lot more than Jokic, even though I think Jokic is a better player. Yeah, because Giannis is, you know. Giannis can crack a joke at a press conference. You see him; he, he's smiling. He's out there. Yeah, he's he's got endorsements deal. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a language situation. I don't know if Jokic just has no interest in doing that stuff. But you said, I think o- so, yeah. you said Otani. Like I could say the same thing about Mike Trout. Like how many people 100%. outside of like the baseball 100%. bubble or hardcore sports fans? Like if you go to somebody in Gen Pop that maybe they're a casual baseball fan, how how much would they know about Mike Trout? Nothing. Or somebody that doesn't really follow baseball at all, would they know Mike Trout? I'm sure they've heard the name, but... There's probably more people who know who Arch Manning is than Mike Trout just because there's more Arch Manning stupid stories on social media versus Mike Trout, which is, that's a whole different discussion about how baseball markets themselves. Yeah. But but I agree. And maybe maybe the answer is because Jokic isn't on social media, and that's kind of what we gravitate to now is athletes probably. who are who use social media to their advantage and market themselves. Jokic doesn't care. He just cares about winning championships, and as someone who I'm not a Spurs fan, but I grew up with a dad who's a Spurs fan, and you know I saw all the Tim Duncan stuff. That's what I respected about Tim Duncan was he was the same way. He didn't care about how he looked, how he dressed, what club they were going to. He cared about okay, how can I play my best, and how can my teammates play my best, and how can we win a championship? And that's what Jokic cares about. And I think as far as as far as like a a sports guy. I enjoy that, but I understand if you're someone that doesn't consume the NBA on a regular basis, how you kind of see it, and you just go, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Congrats to the Nuggets, but yeah, I'm just, I'll just, you know, I'll read the stories, but I'm not going to be invested. I understand. Like I told you the other day, my favorite time in the NBA is about to come, man, because when free agency yeah. gets here, dude, it's like, I don't know, man. I just love NBA free agency. I don't watch hardly any NBA during the season, but I love following NBA free agency. Even though the free agent crop this year, Cam, it's not that it's not that great a year for free agency, is it? It's not as great, but with a new CBA kicking into place um, the year after next, it's going to really shake up the NBA. So I'm interested to see how NBA teams attack this because the new CBA is going to restrict trading away your superstars and getting in a bunch of new guys. It's going to be a lot of, I heard Doc Rivers talk about it this morning, where he thinks the CBA, the new CBA, is basically you're going to see a lot of just one-year deals because of the way it's set up and how it'll penalize teams who are big spenders. So I do think, like you said, it won't be, it doesn't have like all in all a huge crap, but you still got, you know, what's Kyrie Irving going to do? LeBron, who is like, oh, I might retire. No, you're not. Just shut up. But, like, what's going to happen with the Lakers? How will they attract free agency? You know, what happens with Austin Reeves? 
Rui Hachimura. So there, there's some storylines. You know, Chris Paul was just he was he was waived. Jeff, I, yeah, I saw uh, Fred VanVleet opted out. Yeah, there we deal. go. Had a what he had a twenty? I think it was like a twenty-two million dollar twenty. Yeah, twenty-two to twenty-six something like that. Yeah, yeah. that he opted so. out. Uh, just in case you're wondering, here's your unrestricted free agents as of right now. Russell Westbrook. Again, you've got a basically a 34, 35 year old Russell Westbrook, Kyrie, who you just talked about, Cam, D'Angelo Russell, Ugh. and then it man drops off a cliff. Kevin Love, Nikola Vucevic, Van Vliet, Harrison Barnes, Jeremy Grant, Karis Levert, uh, and then Will Barton, Christian Wood, Brooke Lopez. So yeah, it's not a great crop of unrestricted free agents. You've got Chris Middleton, James Harden, Kristaps Porzingis, Draymond, Gary Trent Jr. Those guys have player options. You've got Malik Beasley and Derrick Rose have team options that could yeah. get picked up. So, yeah, not a great, not a great free agent class. I think year. we'll still see some virus because of the Dame Lillard stuff. Um, there's reports like you know they want to trade that pick and possibly Anthony Simons Simons to another team to try and build more around Dame. So. You know, we could see a, a big trade there, maybe a maybe a potential, you know, kind of mid superstar, top twenty player ends up on the on the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Excuse me. And of course, like the draft will be interesting. You know, where does does Charlotte take Scoot, or do they take Brendan Miller? And then you know, what does Phoenix do? How do they rebuild around uh, D Buck and KD with this new owner and Draymond? If Draymond opts out of that player option and goes mm-hmm. somewhere else. That's the end of the Warriors dynasty, I think. Because I don't think there is no Warriors without Draymond Green. Um real quick, give me your take on Dame Lillard. What's one team Dame could go to that would make you think, all right, this just shifted the balance of power in the NBA? Hmm, I think the I, best keep, situation- I keep hearing Dame connected to Philly, but I I'm not a believer in Joel Embiid at this point, Cam, and you're basically at that point you'd be swapping out James Harden for Dame. Does that make Philly that much better? I, I don't know that it does. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the way Philly is situated right now with that Embiid team. Um, I think for him, the best spot if he was to leave and go somewhere else would be Miami. It'd be interesting. Yeah, but I mean, team up with Michael Jordan's son because I think for the Heat. Their next step is, you know, they kind of need someone else. And maybe it's Hero coming back, but we saw last night there was no one else really to step up outside of Bam when Jimmy Butler was absent for stretches. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you had Kyle Lowry in there, but that dude's like 38 yeah, years Kyle old. Lowry's th- I was going to say, I was yeah. just looking at Kyle, Kyle Lowry's 38. Zombie Kyle Lowry. So <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it's Dame Lillard in there. But then also what Portland, you know, they're going to want a lot of stuff back for him. So you have to, if you're Pat Riley, it's like, well, who, who are we going to give up? We're well, going to give up may, Hero may, for him? Maybe Cam, it could be your Oklahoma City Thunder, as somebody, as, uh, as somebody in the Specs text line points out. Also, Cam's Thunder squad has 30 first-round picks they could trade. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I'm good on Dame. He's a, a small, undersized guard, can't play defense, in his 30s, big contract. I'll pass on that. I think the smart move for, for Portland, I mean – I don't think uh, it's tough because then you got to you're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant. How much you going to pay him? And it depends on who is that other star you're going to trade for. Because if you're going to package that deal, who who are you going after that could come in? I mean, I, I'm trying to you know rack my brain to think about who would who would pair well 
with Dame Lillard, and it's tough. They're they're in a really weird spot, dude. Maybe dude. Bradley Beal. I don't know. You know, maybe you mentioned Dame to Philly. Well, what happens if Embiid, you know, this new coaching comes in and is like, ah, eh, actually, you know, Harden's in Houston now. Whatever. I want to trade. I want to trade. Then maybe maybe Philly decides to ship Embiid out to the Portland. How you know? How would that look? Uh. I'm trying to figure out what what is Jalen Brown's contract situation. So it'll be a sign and trade because he he's eligible for the max. Okay. So either he's going to be dealt, and that's another name you just mentioned. Uh, Jalen Brown could you know? I was going to say, does Boston decide to do something there? Because he did not have a great end of the playoffs. He did not. He did not going to get paid a lot of money. They've made some uh, some good moves to the coaching staff. You know, Missoula's first year. Well, was he going to get fired? Oh man, who did they just add? Um, I saw they just added a couple of assistant coaches. What Sam Cassell? Sam Cassell just uh, took a job there, did he not? I believe Cassell is on the staff now. Um, Charles Lee. They just hired Charles Lee, I think, as well. Um, he was a, a former. I forget where he was at, but yeah, Cassell was out there. He joined. He joined the staff. Um, Charles Lee. Yeah, he was under. He was under Coach Budenholzer's uh, yeah. staff in Atlanta, Milwaukee, for a long time. So they've added some they've added some uh some experienced coaching that I think is very helpful to the Celtics because you could tell Missoula was a, he's a young coach and obviously he was not supposed to be coaching this year because the Ime Doko stuff happened and Will Hardy was already in Utah. So that was a mm-hmm. really weird situation, but that's a good point. And as Captain Caveman brings up, maybe Jalen Brown to Dallas Mavericks. It's a team with uh, future Maverick LeBron James. Huh? Stop. Huh? Huh? Stop it! <laughs> don't even, don't, don't even. Inst- <sighs> Can somebody like get that started on the Twitter machine that Austin, Austin, medi- mediocre Austin radio host opines for LeBron to Mavs? I'm sure some Dallas guys have done it, but and then, I, and then I, it'll get started that I'm, I'm, I'm reporting that LeBron is going to Dallas, and then I'm going to dig up your uh, KG Tim Duncan take and then well, underneath it, just put it up. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna ask Bill Simmons if in his next book of basketball, <laughs> if I can get. I get a chapter on KG over Tim Duncan, please. There might actually be a chapter in that book about Tim Duncan and KG. Man, I I enjoy going down, dude. I I had a Bill Simmons. I I don't think in the last year, as I've gone down the rabbit hole of some of his podcasts, I don't think my opinion on a media member has changed for the better. Like my opinion of Bill Simmons has changed in a good or bad way. In a good way. I yeah. was like, yeah, this dude's a blowhard, and you know, he's just. I knew the whole Grantland thing, uh, just like you know, kind of does this guy just think he's better than everybody? But man, the 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 work he puts into his craft, I, I respect it. And I've been going down the rabbit hole with some of his redraftables podcasts. Yeah. Dude, the guy the guy knows his stuff, and I I appreciate I appreciate Bill Simmons. Yeah, I, I'm a big Bill Simmons guy. I loved Grantland growing up with Zach Lowe and Kirk Goldsberry, who of course teaches at UT, and and uh, Bill Barnwell. Um, mm-hmm. Shay Serrano, who's hung around UT as well, and so yeah, Bill Simmons and Ron Rosillo are the two. Two, I don't. I'm not big into PFT and, and Barstool and um, anything else, but I, I will listen to the Simmons and Rosillo. I do. I do. Enjoy, I do enjoy me uh, some Bill Simmons. And in his his 2000 redraft, he did make sure Darius Miles was still in the draft. Yeah. So I I, pre- I appreciate that. Big one for you. Which, by the way, like I. I I'm in that camp Simmons and Rosillo were in. I wanted it to work for Darius Miles so bad. By the way, uh, you didn't know you were getting Darius Miles talk on the show today, so 
props to me for get filling that in. Yeah. I know I know everybody needs that in their life. But it was brought like Simmons brought up a great point. He's like, what what was he ever going to be great at? I'm like, you know, that just shows you like the bot like that time in the NBA where everybody's like, oh hey, let's take these lanky, skinny, seven foot guys that are uber athletes. Well, they can't really shoot. They're okay defenders. They have no low post game to speak of. What was Darius Miles ever going to do that was going to make him an all star? Now I love Darius Miles, but now I'm like, yeah, I kind of missed that one. Kind of, kind of wish I had a do over on that. So anyway, we'll get back to talking Texas baseball. Get to the specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. And Cam's got a flex update. We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. I don't know how I survived what I just experienced in the whole The breaking news sounder, Cam. The mysterious culprit who apparently is fond of defiling the fourth-floor bathroom oh, here back. at the ARN compound Man. has resurfaced. Man, that's a bad... Especially after last night. Man, come on. It's not... It's not uh, Not what I wanted to walk into just now. It's just bad. It's pretty bad. When you hear this song, what movie comes to mind? The Replacements. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. The, it's the the jail cell dance room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shane Falco had a really rough sugar bowl, apparently. Yeah. Sam Shane. Ellinger didn't have a rough sugar bowl, Cam. Sam Ellinger had a damn good sugar bowl. He also had a damn good high school career. And a damn good college career. Sam doesn't get enough respect, I don't think. Where, where's the Sam? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Sam Ellinger. I'm a Sam Ellinger apologist. Sam Ellinger stand. That's, that's what I am. Is there a need to apologize today specifically, or just came? No, to no, no. Mind? I think people that that ripped on Sam during his career, uh, I was I was there to take up. I was there to take up for QB one Westlake's finest. Just love me some Sam Ellinger. I don't know why. I think like as Bijan kind of you know plugged the holes in this Texas team last year. I think Sam did the same thing for a lot of those Tom Herman years. I mean his the uh, the four overtime loss to Oklahoma. That was all Sam. Dude, that was all Sam. I mean, it's it's a painful rewatch, but if you need to really appreciate Sam Ellinger, go back and just watch that game. Whatever, whatever, whatever the offense. Ah, but I agree. Pro spread, Cam. Pro spread. You want to get into a little flex here? It's better than talking about remembering that overtime loss to Oklahoma. So yeah, let's go ahead and do the flex. 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Shout out to uh, Dr. Eckert and Brain Vault. Uh, good, good people involved in that project. What you got, Cam? Talking a lot of baseball today, right? Well, how about uh, Angelo State University capturing yes. its first ever Division II National Championship, a 6-5 victory over Rollins in Curie, North Carolina. Led by four going to the ninth, uh, held on to win 6-5. So big congrats to them. And how about one, uh, one Andy Way? Yeah. Proud Angelo State alum. And a couple of proud Centex area high school alums also on that baseball team that captured that championship, including a lot of the Round Rock side. So one to shout out those guys, Jeff, uh, Jordan Williams. He's a grad student, played at Round Rock High School. Uh, Reese Johnson Sr. Uh, from Dripping Springs. He went the Juco Bandit route. He was at Temple Junior College, uh, ended up coming to Angelo State where he won. David Dressendorfer, uh, I wonder who his, you know, who his dad was. Uh, I heard her. his dad was, mm-hmm. uh, he was okay. Yeah. He was okay playing baseball I think he's on the 40 acres for a cup of coffee. He was, I heard he was okay. I think he's pretty good. Uh, well, his son, David, a sophomore, congrats to him. Went to Round Rock High School. Got that state championship. Another Round Rock grad, uh, Camden Kelton. Also went the Juco route at first. Went to Blinn Junior College. Shout out Cam Newton. Ended up uh, transferring to Angelo State, where he won a national championship. And then uh, Georgetown alum, Braxton Pearson, who was at TCU for a little bit. Uh, ended up at Angelo State. Congrats to him. Uh, go Eagles. Uh, from Beef Cave, Texas, uh, Landon Osley. I don't know where his we went to high school. I know he's from Beef Cave, so maybe someone in the Specs text line can get to me there. But uh, Beef Cave's kid uh, went to uh, Sam Houston State before transferring to Angelo State. So congrats to Landon Osley and uh, Mason Bryant, senior, also from Austin, Texas on that national championship uh, team. And I think that's everyone. Uh, Pierce. Mason Bryant, former Longhorn, by the way. Yeah, that's right. McCallum. Uh, Price Simmering from Dripping Springs also went to Temple Juco, junior, junior College, ended up Angelo State. So, And then one more from Cedar Park, a uh, freshman, Jude Stevens. Uh, he transferred in from Hill Country Christian. So a handful of Centex area teams with some high school athletes. And then I believe only one is left in the College World Series. Um, Storm Hairholzer from Lake Travis. He's a junior on the TCU Horn Frogs. So uh, the Centex area representing well, both the D1 and D2 college baseball files. If I missed anyone, um, please uh, reach out to me on the Specs text line to correct. Good stuff, Cam. That's a good, good flex, dude. Good job. Thank you. Two thumbs up for you. Yeah. Fine holiday fun. Let's go ahead and get to the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Cam, I haven't heard this yet, so let's get to this David Pierce audio. Let's get back to talking Texas baseball. We'll get to some Specs text line feedback right now, too. Uh, this is David Pierce with Roger Wallace. We heard Dylan Campbell in the first hour. So this is Roger's postgame interview with David Pierce right after a gut-wrenching 7-6 loss to Stanford in the third and final game of the Stanford Super Regional. David, this is uh, as unusual and heartbreaking the way your guys battled to see it in like this yeah it's pretty sad i mean the kids just battled their tails off all year and 
you told me March 15th that we would have opportunity to go to Omaha in a one-game winner-take-all. I'd take it any day, but at the same time, I hate the way we lost the game. You know, just losing the ball in the lights and right in the center of twilight just wasn't meant to be, I guess. But I couldn't be more proud of the team. I mean, from where we started to where we finished and how we grew in our development and our trust in each other. Now they just became such a great team and a, a, a unit and became really one beating heart. And then I don't know what else to say other than, you know, you don't always win, but I know this. When you get to the postseason, either you win the national championship or you end on a loss. And unfortunately, we, we, we ended on a loss in a very unforgiving way. The way you guys battled all night long, I mean, this kind of was your season in a nine-inning game, the way you guys just kept fighting. And then in the eighth inning, I mean, you got Lucas scored and giving his all. Zane came in, gave his all. I mean, Dylan Campbell's playing right field, just go up and down the ball game. And then to end like that, I mean, I know it's an unfair game sometimes, but but uh, to watch your guys hug out there must be a tough sight, knowing that uh, – for this team, this is it. Yeah, it is. It's always that. I mean, you have, I'm missing the eyes right now. I'm sorry. But you always have uh, a heartbreak if you don't win it. And this team is special. I mean, they they exceeded any expectations. And that's unusual to say when you're at the University of Texas. But that was a heartbreaker. And I just feel for our guys right now. David, appreciate it. Speaking for Craig, we appreciate the way you've dealt with us all year. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and uh, appreciate you guys. Hook them. Yeah, that's uh, he's only getting choked up at a frog wow. in my throat. That was rough right there. Are you crying? <laughs> little tear being shed. No. Uh, yeah, David Pierce, I, I used the word numb, and somebody said, hey, numb is the, the, the appropriate way to describe what happened. So let's get to some Specs text line feedback, 337-3776. Uh, um. Wow, we got a, got a lot to to cover here. Um, first off, who do you think comes back next year? As far as we know, Jalen that, that we saw last night, Jalen Flores, Jared Thomas, Jack O'Dowd, Mitchell Daly, for sure. Uh, most likely, I would think Garrett Gilmet comes back. He's got another year of eligibility and is it a, a, a highly thought of draft prospect, at least from the, the rankings I've seen. I think there's a chance, a good chance you could lose your entire outfield. So that there's going to be some competition for that starting in fall ball. And then the pitching staff, uh, in theory, you could lose your three starters and Zane Morehouse because Zane, I believe, has already graduated. And we know Tanner Witt is going to get drafted pretty high. Uh, I would think Geno's going to get drafted in a position where the money could be good enough for him mm-hmm. to leave. LBJ, same thing. So could be having to retool things again. Uh, and and you you know you've got some freshmen that I think they're excited about both position players and pitchers, but it's going to be one of those years. Can play, player development is going to continue to be at the forefront of this deal? Yeah, I'm curious what happens with Nick Sanders and Travis Sikor, two of their their highly touted recruits coming in. Sanders, Will, Will Gasparino, same deal. Yeah, Gasparino. I mean, those are. Um, I don't know where Gasparino is ranked. I know Sanders is the number one catcher in the country, and I know Sikor. I mean, up there. I mean, he's throwing 100 miles an hour as a as a freaking senior yeah. in high school. So, what happens with with this recruiting class and those who are leaving? But I mean, the transfer portal 
it's there for the taking now. I mean, we've seen, we saw LSU kind of rebuilt their team to the portal, and they're going back to the World Series. And with Paul Skeens, you know, outside of Wake Forest, I think they're the, the second best team, Jeff. Yeah. They, and that's a lot of through the portal. So you, you can do it. It's just, like you mentioned, that disconnect is, it's what I'm really worried about between pitching staff, and yeah. pitching staff Coach Pierce, and the players. Got to get the disconnect figured out. Got to get NIL figured out, too, on the baseball side. If you want to get the Paul Skeens of the world yeah. and get them in here. Uh, Big Crit fan says, I know it's a, a faux pas to complain about balls and strikes, but that zone was absurdly tight last night. That zone was all over the place last night. Both sides were getting squeezed, Cam. Uh, I don't think either side has much to complain about with the umpiring last night. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. They both have a lot to complain about last night. I think it was, it was equal parts uh, atrocious. Uh, people, this texture says, already seen people comparing the, uh, dr- the, missed the, uh, lost fly ball, comparing it to the Blake Gideon drop, which no, is ridiculous. No, no. Yeah. It's, Someone said it was worse than Nelson Cruz drop and dude, come on. Like it's not, it's not, but you were, <laughs> you were a moment away from winning a world series. Like it, it's yeah. For, for as, as tough as it is for Dylan Campbell, probably this morning, Bo Jackson just quote tweeted the uh, his throw in the eighth inning. Oh no said, way! He said, "Awesome at DC." So how Dude. many people can say Bo Jackson called their throw awesome? Bo Jackson like doesn't hardly ever tweet either. Yeah. Dude, if I'm Dylan Campbell, I'm printing that out, <laughs> putting it on my and wall. like framing it like ni- a nice matted frame and putting it in it's my, my office. It's forever. my screensaver probably <laughs> until next year. Okay. Bo Jackson said, yeah. I made a great throw. That's oh, so awesome. I hope kids today understand how badass that is and yeah. what a badass Bo Jackson was. Watch the 30 for 30 Bo Knows or read, uh, I believe, Jeff Perlman's new book on Bo Jackson. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't – my generation has not experienced an athlete like Bo Jackson. I don't know if we ever will. Nope. Probably not. Uh, I, I did say men's swimming and diving and baseball are the two sports that can live in the, the realm of unrealistic expectations because that's the standard that's been set. Uh, somebody said volleyball is at that point now under Jared Elliott. Uh, I, they're 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 closer. They're they're closer than than you would think. But I just think swimming and diving, men swimming and diving, and baseball are on a play by themselves. What do you, are you any thoughts on that, Cam? No, I agree. I think. It's a little bit. T- I mean, uh, it's tougher in, in baseball now, obviously. But I think with the like you mentioned, when there's no dogpiling, unless it's in Omaha, no dogpile unless you win it all. The uh, half of the College World Series, Texas has many of them. So I think that expectation is right on cue, right on par. Stector says, "I remember I told Augie great year one time after they lost at a super. His response: I might get fired over this one. We're supposed to go to Omaha. It's life, man. It's uh." <laughs> What's Vic? It's like the Vic Schaefer saying, "It's a miserable way to live." Yeah, for some of these coaches, it is, man. And David Pierce knows that he knew that when he took the job. Uh, says Sunka Diamond was just playing, uh, playing tough in the outfield. Even Stanford had trouble. Air guitar Matt, uh, really good text from Air guitar Matt says, "I'm frustrated with the fact that people are using that it was a rebuilding year as an excuse. No year should ever be a rebuilding year. The coach knows who's leaving and should already have backups ready to go." We kind of addressed that in the first hour. Said I will live on my hill that this was not a good year, and I'm still on the fence that Pierce is the right guy to bring this team to a title. Okay, the first part we can debate that. Air guitar, Matt. Was it a good year or not? I say compared to expectations, out external expectations, it was. 
The second part of your question is a fair question. I don't think anybody can deny the fact David Pierce has done a good job. He's done good things. But similar to to me, it's similar to the Tom Herman uh, debate there towards the end. He's good. He's good enough to get you ultimately where you want to be to put another number on the wall. That I don't know. That I think is still up for debate. Uh, Sexton says, have my doubts about David Pierce coming into the year? Not anymore. He's the right man for the job. Uh, a pissed off David Pierce is good for Texas heading into next year. Uh, catching a fly ball with low stadium lights is the most difficult thing to do. Shout out MJ from Hearns. Like I said in the text earlier, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. For this team to make it this far is a great way to start off the season next year. But for Texas fans to bash this team makes me sick. If you don't like your team, pick another one. That's there's some 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 pair of points in this year. The texture says Texas overachieved this year, so we're kind of got a nice dichotomy yeah. here, Cam, on the text line. Uh, it says, are you allowed to rebuild with a name like Texas and NIL and transfer portal on top of recruiting? Like I said, yes, but rebuilding for Texas is very different than it is for a lot of other schools. It says baseball, a college baseball is at its highest point of quality of teams. Only one team is back to the College World Series. As a Mississippi State fan, I would gladly trade a super regional appearance for what we have done the last two years. Dude, how how the mighty have fallen. Mississippi State won a national championship two years ago and then just nothing the last two years. So yeah, and I, I do think that too. I think you you've got to understand if you haven't already, college baseball is not the same as it was in the heyday under Cliff Gustafson, and even when Augie had it rolling, a lot of colleges have put a lot of schools have put a lot of resources into college baseball, and there's a lot of really good teams out there. A lot of really good teams that aren't in Omaha. A lot of really there's a lot of really good teams that are going to two really good teams that are going to go two and barbecued in Omaha. Um, so it could happen in Stanford. Because they're in a yeah. very tough bracket. You're facing the number one team in the country, and you're getting, what, Tennessee, possibly? Texter says, please don't read the negative comments. I need to grieve more. Uh, Texter says, no way Herman lost to Kansas. Actually, Tom Herman didn't lose to Kansas, for the record. Uh, yeah, he won in 17, won in 18. Almost won, did. Won, almost almost Cameron did. Dicker. Something about horseshoes and hand grenades and horseshoes. Devin DuVernay also prevented that loss. Uh, but God. Pierce is an elite coach, top performance out of an average pitching staff. I will say, though, that who's to blame for the fact that you have an average pitching yes. staff? That's what I keep coming back to. That's yeah. my thing with David Pierce. The, the pitching situation has got to get figured out. Uh, they rebuilt and was a potential fly ball away from the College World Series. They shared the Big 12 championship. Yeah, there's a lot of really good things you can point to uh, during the season. Says whoever is comparing that to Gideon or the Rangers are idiots. Twilight on the West Coast, and in particular that field, is extremely difficult to see the ball. Yeah, um, really good feedback on the Specs text line. If we didn't get to your text, we didn't read it over the air. Uh, we saw it. We do appreciate good, bad, or indifferent. Appreciate all the feedback that comes in during the show. All right, take a break. Come back. Close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. All right, Craig, we'll be back tomorrow. My availability for the rest of the week uh, before I start vacation is TBA. Maybe I'm here tomorrow, maybe I'm not. But Cam, whether I'm here or not, great job today, sir, and every day producing the show. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great Tuesday. Thanks for everybody for your feedback on the Specs text line. Stay locked into the horn. Chad and Zay are coming up next. For the absent Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.